Good morning, Valley family. Great to see everybody uh, here today. This is week number two uh, in our series. We're calling Seven Choices uh, that can really just change the direction, the course of our life. And uh, before I jump in, want to welcome everybody joining us on our online campus. Uh, you may not be aware of it, but we have somewhere between 400, 500 people every single week joining us online on our live stream. So let's just uh, welcome them in today. How about that? Especially shout out to my wife who's joining us uh, online. Uh, she had to take a sick day today, nothing serious, but just uh, not, not able to be here today. So I'm a little off my game to say the least, just because she writes my sermons, she tells me where to go, she tells me what to do. No, just kidding. But uh, she's a huge, huge influence, no, no question about that. And I do want to mention also before we jump in, uh, the leadership podcast that, that uh, Kelly Ullen and I started uh, together back a few months ago called coach them up. Uh, even if you don't know anything about football, I think it's going to help you to improve your leadership. And you may learn a little bit about football uh, along the way, but it's literally lessons that I learned those 12 years coaching high school football uh, that are really tied to biblical principles that, that will help you to grow as a leader. So that's on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, you can find those, download them for free. Uh, and I'll, give, I'll tell you a little secret if you won't let anyone know this. It's actually the start of a book that I'm writing. And uh, so I already have 35 of these outlined. And uh, yeah, thank you, Chris. Appreciate that. Uh, and uh, I've had people for a while after me to write a book. And uh, this is an easier way to do it literally by starting the podcast. And then from the podcast, uh, all of that will be that the major work will be finished there. So Check that out. Let us know uh, what, what you think about that. Today, I want to share something that, uh, uh, talk on a topic, a subject, if you will, that uh, I have never preached on in 32 years. Uh, I think it has a lot to do with who we are as a church. I think it's one of these seven choices that, that you and I can make that will change the direction of our life. It has a huge impact on everyone around us. And to be quite honest, until I started really studying, drilled down deep on the topic of subject, I didn't realize how much the Bible had to say about it. And, and, and what I want to talk about today, last week we kicked off this series about uh, seven choices, and, and last week was choose to grow. Choose to grow, the importance of taking a next step, just one step after another, choose to grow. Today I want to talk about choose enthusiasm, the importance of enthusiasm. Choose enthusiasm. So, so as we get started now, I know it's nine o'clock crowd and, and sometimes, you know, you hadn't gotten that second cup of coffee yet or anything like that, but I'm just warning you right now, you, I can't preach on enthusiasm and be like monotone and uh, real straight face or anything. Like I've got to kind of like let it out, okay? So, so maybe let, let's do this even as we're starting out here. Just turn to the person sitting on your right or left and, and just tell them right now, I'm glad you made it to church today. Just, just go ahead and do that. Enthusiastically, just tell them, I'm glad you made it to church today, okay? There you go. All right. And, and now turn to the other person you didn't want to talk to and, uh, and tell them, I'm very enthusiastic, my friend. Just tell them that right now. Yeah, that B person. There you go. There you go. All right. So, so here's, the, here's the big idea uh, in this whole series, okay? And I just want to go back to it. And, and that is the choices I make determine the person I become. 
The choices you make determine the person you become. Uh, think about this, and I said this last week, and just, just want to circle back around to it. Right now, at this moment, you are the culmination of all the choices you've made in your life. Good, bad, indifferent, millions and millions of choices. That, that's who I am right now. That's who you are right now. And let me put it this way, if we're going to get something different than what we've got, if we're going to be someone different than who we are, if we're going to improve and become a better you, a better me, we got to make different choices. Because intentions, good intentions, don't cause real change. Don't bring about real change. We've got to make different choices. So kind of our, our theme verse for this whole series is found in Proverbs chapter 2, verse 11. It says, wise choices will watch over you. Understanding will keep you safe. Wise choices will watch over you. They're like the guardrails that keep us on the road, that keep us on the path that we're supposed to be on wise choices. And I want to pick up in the Old Testament this whole idea of enthusiasm, and it's all throughout the Bible. But, but let me give you a little bit of background before we jump into a, an Old Testament passage that I think you may be surprised about what God says uh, to the nation of Israel at the time in the Old Testament. We're, we're going to look in just a minute uh, at, at a passage in the book of Deuteronomy, and, and God is giving his people, the people of Israel, a choice in the Old Testament. And he's basically telling them, I want to bless you, but in order to bless you, You've got to make the choices in alignment and in obedience with, with, with what my will is. And as long as, long as you make the choices that, that honor me, that please me, to follow me, to put me first, I'm going to shower blessings upon you. He said, but the choice is yours. Because if you don't choose to walk in my way, if instead you choose to go your own way, there's going to be all these consequences and even curses that are going to come down upon you and upon your children and upon your children's children. He says, but the choice is yours. The choice is yours. And that's why it's so important for us to look at. Some, some scholars have even said that, that this passage you and I are about to look at in Deuteronomy is the framework for when God put the first choice in our hands, really, as, as people. And am I going to walk in God's way and be blessed and fulfill his plan and purpose individually and corporately? Or am I going to set in motion a ripple effect of tragic consequences because of the choices that I make, that we make. He's telling the nation of Israel what happens when you disobey and you make the wrong choices, but he says, that's not what I want for you. I want you to make the right choices. So let's look at it, this, this passage, Deuteronomy chapter 28, beginning in verse 43, and this really is the key to fighting our enemy. The, the one that wants to steal, kill, and destroy everything. You know, take everything from us, as Jesus said in John 10, 10. Thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that you might have life and have that to the full, abundant life. And so look at the, the choices that God lays before the people of Israel in the Old Testament and really you and I today. Look at verse 43. It says, the foreigners living among you will become stronger and stronger while you become weaker and weaker. They will lend money to you, but you will not lend to them. They will be the head and you will be the tail. 
if you refuse to listen to the Lord your God and obey the commands and the decrees that he's given to you. In other words, he's saying the choice is yours. It's your choice. All these curses will pursue and overtake you until you are destroyed if you choose to go your own way. He says these horrors will serve as a sign and a warning among you and your descendants forever. Watch this now. If you do not serve the Lord your God with joy and enthusiasm for the abundant benefits you've received, you will serve your enemies whom the Lord will send against you. Did you catch that? God specifically says to his people, and it can be directly applied to you and me, if we don't serve him with joy and enthusiasm, we will be defeated. It's crazy. Joy and enthusiasm. Now, now, let me just say this. Like, I'm not asking for a show of hands, okay? But we all know people, don't we, that, that, that claim to be Christians, and they're miserable, and if they smiled, their face would crack. There's no joy. There's no enthusiasm whatsoever. And, and let me just say, that's what religion produces, that is not what a relationship with Jesus Christ produces. A relationship with Jesus Christ produces joy and enthusiasm. But watch this. Ultimately, that enthusiasm is a choice that you have to make, that I have to make. I can't force you to be enthusiastic. I, I, I can't choose it for my children. I can't choose it for my spouse. My spouse can't choose it for me. We have to make the choice. I'm going to serve the Lord with joy and enthusiasm. So, so just, just ask yourself this question this morning. How enthusiastically do you serve Jesus? Because it's a choice. It's got nothing to do with the circumstances of the situation that we find ourselves in. It has everything to do with a decision to serve the Lord with enthusiasm and with joy. And this is all the way in the Old Testament. I'm going to show you a number of passages, and, and I just don't have, you know, three and a half hours to show you all the passages in the Bible about enthusiasm. But, but I'm just going to show you a few of them, and there's like 30 or so minutes that we have, of how important enthusiasm is to choose enthusiasm. But we have to make that choice. It's one of the major, I would say, and, and for the sake of this year, it's one of the top seven choices that are so important to make. Last week, choose growth. This week, choose enthusiasm. Here's the reason why. There's power in enthusiasm. Incredible power in enthusiasm. Fast forward into the New Testament. When you see the word enthusiasm in the New Testament, and this is what just like absolutely shocked me. Before uh, uh, every Sunday at 8.30, we get together with our dream teamers, our, our volunteers that just do a phenomenal job. We have like 100 of them every single week uh, that between our three services and all. And, and at 8.30, we get together here in the auditorium and I give them like a little rah-rah and, uh, and, and we end up clapping and, and I give them just an inspiration, a little shot in the arm. And you know why I do that? Because I want them to be enthusiastic. Because enthusiasm, there's power in enthusiasm. In the New Testament, the word enthusiasm, I never knew this before until studying this. Are you ready for this? The word enthusiasm is a compound word in Greek. 
It comes from the first word is in, en, which means within, within. So, so in other words, enthusiasm comes from within. But watch this. The second part of the Greek word enthusiasm is theos, which is the word for God. Enthusiasm means God within. That, that, that serve the Lord with, with joy and enthusiasm. Serve the Lord with gladness. Serve the, that, that, that there's something about when Jesus Christ is in your heart and in your life. You know what? It's letting that out with other people. That's what enthusiasm is. God within. Releasing God's spirit, God's presence from within you to impact other people. Enthusiasm. That's why it's such a big deal. And that's why it makes no sense to me, people that, that, that call themselves Christians that have no joy whatsoever, just everything about their, their faith is about duty and there's no inspiration. It's all just obligation. Easy to motivate people with guilt and condemnation and duty and obligation, but hard to, to see them have actual joy and enthusiasm because it's an inside thing. Enthusiasm. In, within, theos, God, God within, releasing the excitement and the joy of God that's in your heart to those that are around you. Serving the Lord with enthusiasm. Let me show you a couple examples of this in the New Testament where you'll see this word uh, in theos. Uh, and the Bible is full of the truth of the meaning of enthusiasm. Look at it, Romans chapter 12, verse 11. It says, never be lazy, never, ne never. How about that? Someone's like, I'm, I'm entitled. I've worked so hard, it's all right to be lazy. Don't do it. Never be lazy, and, and we're going to be talking about rest in the next couple of weeks because that's, that's a choice we have to make, choose to rest. Every seven days we're supposed to do that, by the way, just like that's in God's top ten, uh, choosing to rest every seven. But, but it says, never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Yeah, but you don't know what my job is. I don't care. Your job could be better if you would do it enthusiastically. But you don't know what I, it doesn't matter. If you bring enthusiasm to what you do, anything that is before you, any task, if you bring enthusiasm, guess what? It'll get better. Serve the Lord with enthousi enthusiastically. Work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Uh, look at this in uh, message translation, same passage. I love this. It says, don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled and aflame. That's enthusiasm. Fueled and aflame. Be alert servants of the master, cheerfully expecting. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. Enthusiasm. I, I remember in, in the early 90s, <clears throat> when, when I became the lead pastor of the church here in 1993, uh, I, I actually had called because it was a lot of responsibility for a 24-year-old punk. And uh, uh, so, so I actually called the president of my Bible college, one of my professors, uh, and, and then the pastor who actually officiated our wedding, Susie and my wedding. Uh, and I said, I just, when, when they offered me the job here, the role here, I, I was like, I need you to help me hear God on this one. Uh, it, you know, cause I'm not so sure you guys know me and had a big impact on my life. And I said, I'll give you a week. And after a week, if you could each call me back, you know, so independent of one another. They're like, we feel like this is what you should do, Greg. We feel like this is something God has for you. I'm like, okay. So my plan was 
that I would be the lead pastor for three years. And, and, and I would get some experience. And then the first church in the state of Georgia that offered me a job, I would take it just to get back home. That's where all my friends, that's where all my family, my ancestors, relatives are all from the state of Georgia, like pre-revolution, way, way, way back. And I remember I had one of my, my, this was the pastor that officiated Susie and I went, he came as a guest speaker one time. And, and I picked him up at the airport and I'm driving him home, driving him to the hotel. And, and we're just talking. And I said, let me tell you about my plan. Here's my plan. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this for three years, 36 months. And I'm counting down the days. And I'm just crossing. And then I am going to accept the first job ever offered me to pastor a church in Georgia. I don't care how small it is, anything like that. And, and I'm going to make the jump. I'm just getting experience. And, and he said something to me that was really kind of interesting. And uh, he said, that's a mistake. I was like, what? He said, that's a mistake. Because you're never going to get an offer to go anywhere else if you don't plant yourself here and serve God enthusiastically right where you are. See, Jesus said it this way, he who is faithful in little will begin much. What I didn't realize the much was that God wanted to make Valley Church much much, much more than what it was back then. And so my three-year little, I'm going to do this and move on, coming up on 33 years now. How about that? And, and I've had some offers. I've had some big old offers. Uh, uh, pastor at church right outside of Augusta National, uh, where, where they play the, the Masters Tournament, Augusta, Georgia, right there. You know, some, some real nice cushy thing, but, but God planted me here. And, and, and Susie and I aren't going anywhere. This is one day far, 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 far from now, we're going to retire from here. This is where God's planted us. And, and that's one thing, you know, and, and I'm just kind of like sharing a little bit of my story because I'm, I'm not naturally the most enthusiastic person. But, but I will say this, may it be 33 years that I pastored here. I only have to use an alarm clock one day a week. I wake up between 6 and 6.15 every single day. Sunday's the only day that I set my alarm clock because I have to wake up at 6 a.m. But even on my day, Saturday, yesterday, 5.45, 6 a.m. You, you know why? Because my passion wakes me up. My, my passion for you. My passion for, for what God's called me, my, the, the purpose that God's given to me. And, and I found that that's, that's where enthusiasm comes from. So, so to the point like this, if you don't see, if you see enthusiasm in anyone around here, guess what? If I wasn't enthusiastic, no one on this team would be enthusiastic. Enthusiasm is contagious. Just like negativity is contagious, enthusiasm also is contagious. Isn't it interesting that, that God talks so much about the importance of his people being enthusiastic? It's absolutely critical. In fact, John Wesley, who was the founder of the Methodist denomination, the Methodist church, John Wesley put it this way. I love this. Catch on fire with enthusiasm and people will come for miles to watch you burn. Catch on fire with enthusiasm and people will come for miles to watch you burn. Listen, let me, let me just tell you something right now, okay? Okay. Like I said, I'm a little enthusiastic about this. Uh, 
it is, un, it, it is abnormal for people to be enthusiastic about their church. That's abnormal. I, I mean, people are like, what, you're, you're excited to go to church? You're enthusiastic, and, and, and it makes you just stand out so much. You post something on social media, can't wait till church tomorrow. Who wants to come with me? People are like, what are you taking, man? What, what drugs are you on? Because enthusiasm, for most people, when it comes to anything religious, there's no enthusiasm at all. And let me encourage you, be enthusiastic. Be enthusiastic. If you love Valley Church, let people know you love Valley Church. Because you know what? They're going to want what you have. There's something about enthusiasm. Not only is it contagious, it draws people in. Can you imagine for just a minute, just, just, just pretend, if Sunday after Sunday I was like, well, bless God. I hope you have the joy of the Lord today. And now turn in, your, turn in the almighty word of God and let us share our misery together. No, but there's something about like getting on up there in the higher part of your voice and enthusiasm and excitement and, and, and when my mouth won't go fast enough for, to keep up with my brain and all that. There's something about that. You know, you'll just, just catch fire with enthusiasm. Now, let me just, just show you how important this is. Ready? Eyes up here. Just look at me right now, okay? Don't, 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 don't look at anyone else because you're going to want to, especially those of you who are married. If you are right now in a loveless marriage, try a little enthusiasm. Just become enthusiastic. You'll be shocked at what that will do to the smoldering embers of what once was a long lost love. Just enthusiasm. It's like blowing on the flames. Just showing a little enthusiasm. Good morning. I couldn't wait for you to get up this morning. <laughs> what? Just, just some enthusiasm. In, in your parenting, it's amazing. Moms, dads, if you just show some enthusiasm, how that will just, it, 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 you're, it draws you into the heart of your child. Just enthusiasm. No, no one wants to be a part of something that's just like ho-hum boring. They want to be a part. The enthusiasm just draws us towards others. And so keep the flame fueled. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7. Look at what the New Testament says. Since you excel in so many things, Paul is writing to Christians at the church at Corinth. And he says, since you excel at so many things. And now he's going to list all the things that they excel in. Since you excel in so many ways in your faith, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm. He's saying like, Christians at Corinth, you excel in your enthusiasm. What a great reputation for us to have as the Valley family. If, if, if people say, you know what, I, I don't know everything about those folks, but they're enthusiastic. Because you just, there's, there's so little of that in our world today. So little enthusiasm. He, he says, you, you excel in your enthusiasm, your love for us. He goes, I want you to excel also in the gracious act of giving, in generosity. We'll talk about that at some point in the future. But, but he says, you excel in enthusiasm. Do, do you excel in enthusiasm? You can. It's just letting 
God's spirit that's within you as a follower of Jesus Christ, just letting it out. Entheos, enthusiasm. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58, it says, So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Look at this. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord. You, you know what? God is really concerned about our work ethic. God really notices our work ethic. Because you're like, it, it, it's not a job. You're doing it for me. Work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Maybe your boss doesn't notice, maybe overlook, but, but God sees it all. Serve the Lord, work for the Lord, do your homework, do that project for school, not for your teacher, for the Lord, enthusiastically, because he sees and he's faithful and little, will be given much. I'm convinced of that the longer that I live. Everything that we do today is setting a precedent for the future. The, the, the way that we conduct ourselves, it doesn't matter so much what we do, but what we do today, it's all setting a precedent for the future. And God said, can I trust you with more? Can I trust you? Enthusiasm is one of the big things that he's looking for. Can I trust, serve with enthusiastically. John Maxwell, who... Uh, it's like one of the top leadership uh, coaches, leadership gurus, expert really in the world uh, who actually pastored a church for 25 years. That's where he learned a lot of his leadership. Now he's a New York Times bestseller, I think like 20 times over or something like that. I, I, I'm a big fan of his. Let, let me read you this quote, and it's kind of lengthy that he said about enthusiasm. And, and, uh, and I have it, they're going to put it up on the screen because it's kind of long. I know if I just read it to you and you couldn't like read along, uh, you, you might not get all of it. But listen to what he says about enthusiasm. One of the greatest things you can do is to get excited about your life and start to live enthusiastically day after day. Your whole world will improve. If you wait to get excited until some lucky outer event happens, in other words, if you're waiting for something to happen and then it's going to make me excited, it's something externally, guess what? If you wait, what does life do? It waits. You're just stuck. And if you hold back until more, more appropriate time to get excited, what does life do? It holds back. You're going to hold back on enthusiasm, develop a lot of patience, because you're going to wait a long time for an exciting life. Do you know what uh, your life is waiting for to get excited? You to get excited. Choose enthusiasm. But when you and I choose, see, see, I'd rather light a candle than to curse the darkness. Ch choose to accentuate the positive. Instead of just focusing in on the net, I'm just going to be excited about what is. I'm, I'm not, not, not what may be. I'm not going to fear what might be. I'm just going to be excited and enthusiastic about what is. And you know what? All of a sudden, life gets exciting. Serve with enthusiasm. God within. Releasing God within. It's so incredibly important. And so... Uh, let me just give you three things about enthusiasm real quick. The first thing is this, enthusiasm is an energizer. Enthusiasm is an energizer. Enthusiasm adds 
to the situation. It develops uh, people. It, it, it develops, uh, uh, it creates. That's what enthusiasm does. It energizes. Secondly, enthusiasm is an elevator. It lifts up. It lifts others up. There's something about just being around someone who's enthusiastic. All of a sudden, you start to perk up as well. That's why I say you can try it in your marriage. You can try it on the job. You can try it in your parenting. You can try it wherever. You'd be surprised. Just a little enthusiasm goes a long, long way because it's an elevator. It's a plus. Also, enthusiasm is not only an energizer and an elevator. It's also an eliminator. It's eliminator. And you know what enthusiasm eliminates? Negativity, pessimism, the glass is half empty. Enthusiasm eliminates that. Enthusiasm is an overcomer. You know, uh, I I was talking to to my wife Susie about this uh, yesterday because I I, I knew she wasn't going to be here and, and, and we were just talking, and, and again, I don't, I don't consider myself a real enthusiastic person, but uh, I try to do the best I can. And she's like, no, honey, you are. You're more enthusiastic than you realize. And I said, what do you mean? She, and, and she told me this, and I'm just sharing it because she's, she's watching online right now, and she told me I had to say it. Uh, but uh, <laughs> how many of you have ever seen that movie Hacksaw Ridge before about Desmond Doss? Hacksaw Ridge, true story. It's a World War II story, phenomenal movie. Phenomenal. And, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to give it all away, but, but at one point he's in a dire situation in World War II and, and, and they're being overrun by the enemy at night. And, 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 and he just takes it upon himself. He said, I just want to save a life. And, and he takes a man around his shoulders and he walks him to the edge of this cliff and he ties a rope around him and he just lets him down to safety. And then he turns around and he says, Lord, just let me get one more. And he goes back and he saves another one. And then he says, Lord, just let me get one more. And he goes back and he says, Lord, just let me get one more. And he does that all night long. I'm not going to tell you how many he ended up saving. But when we saw that movie in the theater, I think it was 2016, Susie looked over me and I'm weeping. And she said, what's wrong with you? Because that just spoke to me. That's what my heart is for our community. Lord, just let me get one more. Lord, just let me help one more. Lord, just let me save one more. Lord, Lord, just let me do whatever I've got to do to just point one more to Jesus Christ. And she said, honey, you're, you're not like, you know, enthusiastic. But she said, there's just like this slow steady, consistent. She said, I know that's the drive of your heart. Not, not how many we've got, but how many more we need to reach for Jesus Christ. And I just tell you that because she told me I had to. But, but I want you to understand, see, enthusiasm, like I don't consider myself an enthusiastic person. But it took my wife to like, no, honey, you are. Well, what if, what, what if as a church, what if it's a valley family, we just embraced, Lord, just let us reach one more. Whatever we, if, if it means we're going to be enthusiastic, 
will make the choice to be enthusiastic. Lord, just let us reach one more. Because I'm thrilled. I'm I'm, I'm thrilled. In fact, I I told our dream teamers last week was the largest in-person attendance we've had pre-COVID, all the way back to 2019. I mean, mean, all three services were just blast. It was packed, all three. And, And as exciting as that is who's here, something in my heart says, Lord, just let us reach one more. Because there's, there's so many in our community that don't know Jesus Christ, that don't have a hope. And, and I believe if you and I will choose enthusiasm, it'll make a huge, huge difference. But the choice is up to me for myself. The choice is up to you. So how do we become more enthusiastic? Real quick, it's a choice. It's a choice. We have to cultivate it. It's not a personality type. You could be an introvert and still be enthusiastic. It's not a personality type. You know what it is? It's not a personality type. You know what enthusiasm is? It's an obedient type. All you got to do is be, the, be an obedient person, obedient to God. God says, choose enthusiasm. Okay, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to choose enthusiasm because that's what God wants from me. And here's the second thing, real practically, how do you become more enthusiastic? Hang around enthusiastic people. Hang around enthusiastic people. You become like the squad that you hang out with. That, that's why our valley groups are so important because you know what? There's, there's, there's folks that are enthusiastic. Those leaders are leading something in our valley groups and the signups just a couple of weeks from now, it's gonna open up and, and they're gonna fill up really, really fast. But, but there's something about every one of those leaders, we're not forcing anybody to lead a group. It's that they're leading something they're enthusiastic about. They're excited about. And that enthusiasm is contagious. So hang around with enthusiastic people. I've never once heard anyone in my life, maybe you have, I haven't. I've never once heard anyone like, say, say let, let's talk about like me, for instance. I love Greg, man. Greg is awesome. He is so negative and boring. People don't do that. Like, I, I love that guy. He's so negative and boring. I love just spending as much time as possible. They are just so down, boring, and just bleh. People don't do that. What do you say? Oh, I love that guy. Why? He's enthusiastic. He's so excited. He's so upbeat and positive. She's so upbeat and positive. Hang around with enthusiastic people. And, and, and here's the third one. Pray and invite God to come live within you if, if you lack enthusiasm. Maybe that's what you need. God, you know, I can't let you out because I don't know that I have you in. That then today you can actually pray and invite Jesus Christ into your life, into your heart to be your Lord and to be your Savior. Here's the reason why you need it. You need him. And those around you need that enthusiasm. some influence in their lives and they have some influence in my life. 
I've just like committed myself that, that I just want people to know how I feel about them. I, I don't want people to ever wonder, how, how does Greg feel about me? I just want to let them know. What, one of my favorite days of the entire year just happened this past Thursday where we had our, our staff reviews where, where one by one they came in and I, I, I do a review of every full-time employee in the church. And, and, and I love that, you know what? Because I'm just able to tell them how I feel about them. See, enthusiasm, if you're enthusiastic, the people around you aren't going to have to strain to hear how you feel about them. Don't, don't make people around you strain to hear how you feel. Tell them. And I just, last year, I just committed to that, that, that I won't, I'm going to let the people around me know. And so if you'll just indulge me, I love you. I love you. Susie and I aren't going anywhere. If I could tear open my sweater and my chest and you could look in my heart, you know what it would say on that heart? Valley family. I love you. You are our lives' work. And I believe God's given me a lot of more years. That's what I believe. I don't know that authoritatively. But let me just say this. If you took me home tomorrow, you know what the greatest thing I think anyone would ever be able to say about me at my funeral? You know, half the time you acted kind of crazy. But you know what? He was always just so enthusiastic, so real. Choose enthusiasm. I've got to choose it every single day. You've got to choose it every single day. But that's what God's looking for from you and from me, to serve him with joy and enthusiasm. But the choice is ours to make. Would you bow your heads with me right now? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you that you give us the choice to choose enthusiasm. God, we don't want those around us to strain to hear the words that they need to hear from us. Lord, may we serve you enthusiastically. Lord, to bring energy to everything you set before us, to elevate those around us, and Lord, to eliminate the negativity and the pessimism that so much tries to squeeze us. God, may we serve you with real enthusiasm, not waiting for something to happen outside in our life, but releasing your life from within us to those around us. God, when this year ends, 2023, may it be said, of each of us individually and of the Valley family. Boy, those folks serve the Lord enthusiastically. Thank you, God, we make the choice today. Right now with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I'm gonna give you an opportunity. If you are here today, you've never prayed to receive 
Jesus Christ is your Savior and Lord. The Bible says that if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so right now in the stillness of this moment, I'm not gonna ask you to stand up or, or raise your hand or anything like that. I just wanna lead you in a prayer that you can pray even in a whisper right where you are right now, right where you're seated. God is here and he will come in to your life. That's why Jesus came and lived a sinless life died a sacrificial death and laid his life down on the cross for you because he loves you so much there's nothing you can do to change it. So if you've never prayed before to receive Christ as your Savior, just repeat this prayer after me right now. Say, Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sin. I turn from my sin today. Jesus, thank you for living for me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for rising from the dead for me. Jesus, I ask you to lead me, guide me, direct me by your Holy Spirit from this day forward, and I will follow you. Amen. So uh, as always, we like to end with a, with a blessing here straight from the pages of Scripture. I'm going to remember right after I say it, too. Uh, it goes like this. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and may he give you his peace. Go in peace, Valley family. We'll see you next time. <laughs>